You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Tuesday. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner today talking some Illini spring football as we have the spring football game 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Thursday that is live on the Big Ten Network. The good news, Mr. Wagner, temperatures in the 70s. That's pretty nice for spring in Champaign-Urbana. The bad news, of course, scattered thunderstorms, 28 mile an hour winds, 70% chance of precipitation. Let's do this. Joey, uh, today we'll break it all down. What we're looking forward to seeing during this spring game, uh, but here we go, Joey. It's uh, going to be our second best look at this team because we, as media, got to see one open spring scrimmage. Uh, we've gotten to see some a lot of stretching and a little bit of devo time, which is development players. Uh, so it's it's here's the thing about spring games, Joey. They don't mean everything, but they do mean something. I, I don't think it's a nothing burger. Uh, is some people might want to put it out to be because we get to see these players. It's and it's really one of Brett Bielma's best evaluation chances uh, of his team during the spring because there's a little bit more pressure when you're in front of fans and uh, you're on live TV. Yeah, a week ago, I'm pretty sure we talked about how we thought it was going to be a beautiful spring day, and since that moment, it's been like 35 degrees and it's going to rain. So not exactly welcome to the spring in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this is. The rain makes me fearful that we're going to leave the spring and not have seen a real fair evaluation of the quarterbacks. Uh, we can get into that later, but it is, man. This is um, not not just the starters. I think to me, I guess we can start like broad theme of the spring game. I think to me, the theme is depth. Yeah. Like the theme early on was, okay, they don't have it. Like that in Brett Bielma's first 10, your first year, it's like, no, that there's just no depth on this team. But now you're starting to see some of his first real, real recruiting class. Now is the second year in the system. Even that kind of awkward class where he had a couple of his players sprinkled in are now in the third year. Uh, so this should be the time that depth starts to show. That doesn't mean we think there's going to be 15 guys who could play on the offensive line tomorrow or whatever the case may be. But as you start to project both this season and, and long-term or in the case of injuries, you want to know who's behind Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph, for instance, like that, that to me is the biggest takeaway. I don't need to see much more. Yeah. Those guys are fun to watch. But I don't think anyone needs to see much more of them until these things matter. Yeah. And we'll break down a little bit. Why of uh, we'll talk about the stars of this game, why they really don't matter uh, in the spring game. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but I do want to put out there as I silence my phone, like a professional would do. Um, 
I do want to put out there, this is our last day of our VIP sale, 50% off, a chance to get a VIP membership that's more than $60 in savings, and right now is a great time to do it uh, because we have spring ball. We have so much content coming out after that of our takeaways from what we've seen, what we've heard. Uh, Spring football recruiting is in full bloom. I have my confidence meters of some of the top targets. I think Illinois has done a really good job of getting those guys on campus and making a good impression. Now can they close on some of those? Uh, You can read all about that at IlliniInquire.com. And of course, uh, the transfer portal for basketball the next month and a half will be very, very interesting. Derek Piper will join us on the podcast tomorrow afternoon to break that down. So uh, all that at Illini Enquirer, VIP access. If you never signed up, it's a great time to do so. Uh, But Joey, the format of this game is ones versus the world is what Brett Bielma has said. This is what he's done in the past. So if you've seen the spring games before, uh, it's the starters against all the backups. The backups, though, get double the points for any touchdown, extra point, field goal. But usually the starters dominate this one. And that's just Brett Bielma saying, I want my starters to get chemistry together. I want them to start building that. And they do that throughout spring ball. So why would the spring game be any different? I mean, this is a practice, Joey, and that's what they're doing here. Yeah, I think you and I are in the same, probably in the same boat that we would like to see one or two drives of ones versus ones to to get a little bit of a, a taste of, of what that could look like. But I mean, this isn't a very competitive game. This is more about individually who stands out in chemistry. I, I think your point, um, like they only have 15 of these. So really, I mean, yeah, this is a practice. So Brett Bielema is not going to waste his time trying to dupe everybody out. Um, because he still cares about maximizing each of these 15 practices. But at the same time, I don't think Barry Lunny is going to go to the last play in his playbook and say, all right, let's let's throw this out there. Like, there's still some degree of, of keeping things vanilla. Uh, but it, it does matter, man. And I'm excited to see, like, all spring, you and I have been talking about, like, the, okay, well, what about so-and-so? Just kind of these, not even deep cuts, but kind of like middle-of-the-road cuts. Yeah. And, like, I'm excited to see those guys. Yeah, and that that's why I wanted to bring up, this is not going to be a conversation of Illinois stars. We, we've had that conversation. We'll continue to have that conversation as we go into the season. But we know Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph are great. We know Gabe Backus and Seth Coleman are very, very good and could be even better next year. We know what Tariq Barnes is. We know Isaiah Williams, right? We know Tip Ryman, what, what he is. We know what Isaiah Adams and Julian Pearl are. Those guys probably aren't going to play much. Brett Bielma said as much. Um, I wouldn't even play Isaiah Williams in this game because he is so important to what your offense is, but he might get some reps out here. Uh, but the, the worst thing that could happen is one of your stars gets injured. So Brett Bielma is going to be smart about that, just like he was last year. So if, you, if you're coming to the spring game to see Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph, uh, you, you better get there early because I don't think they're going to play all that much. And if you leave at halftime, I can promise you Keith Randolph is probably going to be on TV in that third and fourth quarter. Brett Bielema likes to send over the stars. Yep. He is like a made-for-TV uh, football player. So, uh, yeah, dude, this is maybe maybe they play the first half, but I'd, definitely not the second, I wouldn't think. And Do and Keith probably, and Johnny do the interview together? There's no doubt. Yeah. The oh, well, I've wondered that because, not to get too far off track, but we've always lumped those because they're the law firm and they're both defensive tackles and they're roughly the same age. We've always just collectively lumped those two together. And that's because, not because Bielma does. And because Bielma does, and it makes sense. But I do wonder if they start to see this isn't anything on their like friendship or their relationship. I think there is like 
thought to maybe let them be Johnny Newton or let them be yeah. Keith Randolph instead of always together, but they'll probably have the law firm on there at the same time. I, I think it's smart marketing to put them together. But yes, you and I try to, hey, they are different. They are different people. They are individually great. But yeah, you put them together, it's easy to package, just like the Brown brothers, right? Like you put them together, they're on SportsCenter. Right. If, if, if they weren't twin brothers, they wouldn't be on Sports Center the other day. But yes, this is going to be more about the middle cuts, uh, deep cuts. So that's what this conversation is mostly going to be about, except Joey, for the number one thing we're looking for in the spring game. Yes, let's not be too, too smart about this and overthink this. The quarterbacks, the quarterbacks clearly are, are one of the most important things we're looking at. Like last year, we went in knowing Tommy DeVito was the clear front runner to be the starting quarterback but to see him dominate that spring game did give you more confidence like i think you went into last year more confident you had a quality proven big 10 starting quarterback with tommy devito uh but i do think it's going to be interesting to see what luke altmeyer does you and i believe he's the clear front runner to win this job uh brett bielma has made it clear and i believe him that he's giving donovan leary john paddock kirk Michaud the opportunity to, to win this job as well. But uh, Luke Altmaier is getting most of the first team reps from what we have seen so far. I expect him to be the first quarterback out there. That would be a surprise if he wasn't, Joey. Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see how he performs. And then to see how a guy like Donovan Leary, who's getting his most significant snaps in front of a live television audience, in front of fans, um, to see how he's progressed, to see what he is, and then to see John Paddock and what he can bring to the field. Yeah, I mean, Luke Altmaier is like 52 career pass attempts or something, right? So, like, there, there's not the book on him like there was with Tommy DeVito. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if your interest isn't – like, everyone's interest should be there because this is the best look. And here's the thing, dude. Luke Altmaier is probably going to have – if you just go, like, straight box score on this thing, Luke Altmaier is probably going to have some pretty darn good numbers because they're still developing depth in the world portion of the depth chart. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like that that's gonna look good and i don't know it's probably not designed that way but it doesn't hurt when i mean that's the deal but i also think donovan leary's gonna get some one reps in there as well i'm fascinated to see him by all accounts it sounds like maybe he's taken a step which is natural right from from freshman to redshirt year uh, i think they're giving him brett bielman will tell you they're giving him every chance to win the starting job and that's well and good as you mentioned we believe it's luke altmeyer but I think there's a real chance that he could come in here and, and get that number two job, which is good news for Illinois moving forward. If he goes in and takes that job and you've got a guy waiting in the wings, uh, if anything were to happen. So th those are the two. I think John Paddock, we, you can go through and watch film uh, yeah. of him and see. Like Those are the two most fascinating guys. Kirkland Michaud, stand up. Um, he stands. But, but he those, stands taller than any other quarterback in there. He is a, a large individual, uh, four-string walk-on. So we're, we're mostly joking with that. But I, I'm fascinated to see those first two and, and how much they move Donovan Leary into getting some of those one reps. Because I, I fully believe that that's going to happen. Yeah. So here's what I want to see out of these guys: um, Luke Altmaier. If you watched Ole Miss film, um, you know he performed pretty well against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl as a true freshman. Uh, he showed what he's capable of. He did show some freshman mistakes, as you expect from a quarterback against a top-10 team in the Sugar Bowl. Um, and then last year, he barely played, got hurt. Jackson Dart wins the job, uh, and he was a backup. Everyone raved about what Luke brought to the quarterback room, what he was as a teammate. He was just a really good overall skill set. He's a better runner than most people expect. These quarterbacks will not take hits tomorrow, um, of course. 
but he's got a good arm. I think he's going to look the part. You just don't want to see the big mistakes. You don't want to see the the missed reads. That's going to happen in spring ball, but uh, you want him to see at this point of spring ball to be making good decisions. Like I expect some growing pains out of Luke Altmaier, but I do think he can be a capable to good Big Ten starter. So that that's what you want to see. You, you want to be able to see that. I don't need him to see. I don't need to see him dice up everybody uh, in this game. I see him make, see him make good decisions. Donovan Leary. I just want to. I mean, decision making is big, but I just want to see some accuracy, right? Like that. That's what you want uh, out of a. A guy that you hope can play at some point. And John Paddock, I think people are going to see an undersized but experienced moxie quarterback that doesn't have the best physical tools, but a guy that, if you have to throw into a game, can give you a chance. Yeah, I 100% with you. Since the for- we talked about it, like since the forecast game, I've been like low key kind of freaking out that we're talking all this about the quarterbacks, but it's going to be like a driving rain and it's going to be really hard to take anything away from the quarterbacks. Are you in the same? There. Yeah, we get no evaluation of what they are. Like I thought during the spring scrimmage, which was terrible wind as well, I did think we got a good evaluation of what they are, and it was kind of what I expected. Just reiterate that. I thought Luke Altmaier made some really good throws, the best throws of the day, but he also made a couple mistakes that didn't get intercepted, but were close to being intercepted. That's about what I expect. John Paddock, you know, ran well, um, had some swagger to him. Don Valeri started poorly, but then really settled in later. It's kind of what that's kind of my read on those guys. Um, so that's what, what I would expect in the spring game with more wind. But yeah, we don't. You'd like to get an opportunity to see them without twenty-five plus mile an hour wind gusts. But we also might see that in November, so it might be important to see that. Yeah, I also think the second half, uh, especially with the twos, be that Donovan Leary or John Paddock, like that'll probably be a little bit more of a fair representation because it's our belief. I think that. Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton won't be going against walk-on and true freshman linemen, so there might be more of a chance to to do something. Like that's kind of the problem when you go ones against the world is the other you've got like a no offense to Brandon Henderson, but a, a incoming early enrollee freshman looking at Seth Coleman and like that's not really fair to to Brandon Henderson because or the quarterback behind him because there's not just not a lot of time. So like I think that second half is usually where like the score is like fifty six to six or something. But also, I think that's the time to really zone in and try to look at what these two yeah. in the world quarterbacks have with a little bit of time. Yeah, and the other part is backup wide receivers are in the game. As you said, I, the backup O-line with some of the injuries they've had, Zy Chrysler being out, not having Desmond Schuster yet. Like I feel like the backup defensive line and front seven is in a better situation than the backup offensive line right now, at least at the moment. So, yeah, you take it with a grain of salt a little bit. All right, moving on from the quarterbacks, Joey. I'll let you bring this one up, but I think you and I out in the defense are obviously most interested in what happens in the secondary after losing Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, all likely day one, day two picks, if not early, very early day three, and then Kendall Smith, who might have a chance uh, to be in an NFL camp as well. So I'll let you take the lead on that one. Yeah, I mean, I do want to, like, it's kind of an interesting scheduling. I'm not a quirk, but... Like a, literally a week after the spring game, Devin Witherspoon's going to go in the first round and probably eight days, uh, we think, Sidney Brown and Quan Martin, nine days maybe. But that to me is the biggest question mark on the defense. Like I don't want to say the team because the quarterback's always going to be number one um, as long as you have a new quarterback in there. But we, I think you and I, you know, we've talked about it on here, have a pretty 
I think a reasonable understanding of we're making educated guesses on who will play where in terms of safety and corner. Like, I don't know that there's a lot of middle part of that Venn diagram there in terms of like in practice, but like how do the safeties line up is so intriguing to me. And in some ways also because Matthew Bailey won't be out there. You and I think he's going to be a starter, uh, but we don't know which one. Is he going to be a free? Is he going to be a strong uh, so I think, th- you know, Thursday will be our first look at who could play the other one. Because I think Matthew Bailey could go to either one of those. But I, I want to see who could play the other one. If, if Bailey's a free safety, who's – is it Nicario Harper? Is he the strong safety? If if you, somebody comes out and emerges a free safety and pushes Bailey over there, just it's hard without him in there to really get the complete grasp of what this, like, unofficial ones would look like on Thursday. But – that secondary was really good. I also want to know, Jeremy, are they going to, and we probably won't see this on Thursday, do they feel comfortable playing as much man with a younger secondary as they did a year ago with a bunch of fourth and fifth year guys back there who have all that experience? Did you see the Bill Connolly stat? No, go for it. I think Illinois played man 70-something percent of the time, which was by far the most in the country. Uh, and Ryan Walters did not shy from it. We talked about that with all, all the time. I just I didn't have the metrics that, that Bill Connolly has. So 70-plus percent of the time they play. Man, I think it's a great point, Joey. Uh, do you trust those guys enough uh, to do that? Because, man, when you play man, obviously you can get burned. Uh, but you also can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And the one thing I had an issue with of the Lovey Smith there is, listen, 18- to 22-year-old quarterbacks usually are not great thinkers. Right when when pressure is in their face, so force them to make quick decisions after the snap, and then right make them throw under pressure and throw accurately under pressure, and we saw that pay off. So Lovey Smith kind of sat back, but you know when eighteen to twenty-two year old quarterbacks know what the alignment is, know what the play is going to be, it just gives them so much more time to think. Uh, when you're throwing live bullets at them like uh, Ryan Walters does, and Aaron Henry's going to continue to do. I still expect them to be aggressive. I still expect them to to run man because that's what these guys do. Um, will they be as successful at it? Probably not. Like there's probably going to be some more breakdowns this year. But there's talent back there, man, and and that's what I'm so interested in, Joey. Is you talked about the alignment of some of these safeties, but there's just a lot of guys that I could see getting playing time this year. Like I agree with you, Taz Nicholson, Tyler Strain, Nicario Harper, Matthew Bailey, Xavier Scott. That's probably going to be our projected starters in the secondary with Xavier Scott at the nickel position. Um, but TJ Griffin is is an interesting dude at free safety. If one of those other guys, if say Nicario Harper isn't ready for the job and they want to put Matthew Bailey at, at strong safety, Tyson Rooks is, is a dude that I know Aaron Henry is really high on. He's now at the nickel that we saw. Maybe he's switched positions here. But Keontae Curry and Prince Green have been kind of flipping positions. So to see where they end up, to see if Caleb Patterson makes a leap later this spring into the summer because he's got the length they want and he's got that over Tyler Strain, who's five foot nine but pretty jacked now. Um, all those things. Like, there's just a lot of guys I think can get playing time, and we at least got to see some of these guys last year, right? Like we saw Tyler Strain play pretty good football when he was healthy late in the season. Taz Nicholson was really good. They missed him a lot late in the season. We saw Xavier Scott get better as the season went along. Obviously, Matthew Bailey, three interceptions and less than 200 snaps. So at least there's some experience there. It's just you're filling some big shoes. Yeah, and you you can't just, like, make up that experience. Like, Sidney Brown and Quan Martin played a ton 
of football. Kendall Smith, like interestingly enough, the statistically two of the most productive players of the last two years, Kirby Joseph, Kendall Smith, did not have like right. that degree of experience. So like that's that's going to be the miss. So seventy nine percent. Will it, it will? I don't think it'll be that again. Will it be the, for man? Will it drop down to? mid 50s 60 i don't you know that's i don't know like it's clearly that's the identity of who they want to be but i think you've got to find a way to have that experience maybe uh deficit meet where you think the talent is and that's what i'm i'm really eager to see and and having matthew bailey to your point emerge like he did last year and has 200 snaps under his belt is i mean that's important he's among the most veteran (laughs) the most experienced uh players back there I, i do Tyson Rooks, uh, just watching him line up at nickel is awesome because he's like six a million yeah. and he's super long. Like, is there, I've been meaning to ask you this and I don't know if it's the best time. It seems like nickel and, or, yeah, nickel and free safety, they have guys who can, like we saw Quan Martin go back there. Remember a year ago, as they tried to figure out who was going to replace Kirby, it was like, well, will it be Quan Martin yeah. dropping back to free safety? Can someone come in? It just seems like and there's like played, interchange there. He did play free safety. At That's times right. last year when they actually went to their base defense, Kendall Smith would come out if they had three linebackers in and Quan Martin would be the free safety. So he's still got some experience there. Sidney Brown uh, played some of that as well. So um, I'm just going back to like the Michigan game for, for Illinois. I think who's playing. That's what I like about this group is there's always going to be when you have a new group, like they just got to get their feet under them. Like even last year, like Taz Nicholson, some of those guys, Kendall Smith against Indiana. Like they struggled, uh, but they got their feet wet. You have to be in those games, you know, be able to think when all this stuff is going on, when it's a new experience. It's not going to be a new experience when these guys have played Michigan, Michigan State, played in a bowl game, right? So that's the benefit of this. And of course, you have a dominant front seven. You should. Well, in the bowl game, they had a month of prep as yep. a starter. I mean, I don't know that there was a lot. Good point. Regardless of when the announcements came out, I don't know there was a lot of doubt that Devin Witherspoon or Sidney Brown was going to play. Uh, so I think that, like, just that experience of what it goes into a game week as a for sure starter a month into it, I think that that matters. But, yeah, those those moments are big. I mean, imagine – I think it was Tyler Strain. We talked to him, and he said – Dude, I mean, or maybe it, was, it must have been Xavier Scott. Sorry, he, it's like the big house. You are at Michigan, and you've got a college football playoff team on the ropes, and there's – In front of 100,000 people. <laughs> yeah, and not only a true freshman, but like kind of the last of the blue shirts. Like a guy who wasn't there, you know, I mean, he. I guess he ultimately did get there for the summer because the blue shirt thing went away. But, like, that's a huge moment, and, like, you, that doesn't mean nothing either. So I, I think there will be a production drop-off because there's – three guys who are going to get drafted in the first four rounds, not there. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's no talent. Somewhere in the middle. And I'm trying to figure out if you're looking at the spectrum of one end of of talent and one end of a, a drop, like where does it meet there? I don't know. And I don't know that we're going to learn the answer Thursday, but I'm no. really excited to see who some of those major players are, or maybe reinforce to us who those major players are. I think uh, the whole point of that, what you just said, Joey, is – they probably won't be the number one pass efficiency defense sure. again, Thank you. but yeah. they probably won't suck. That would be my takeaway on the secondary. There it is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, running backs. I think Brett Bielma has even mentioned, like Reggie Love and Josh McCurry. It's probably their time, right? And and that's kind of what we would have expected. I thought Reggie Love played really well at the end of the year, showing that he could be a really good part of a rotation, potentially the number one option in the rotation. He showed burst. He's got the best overall skill set, I think, of the running backs. We saw two years ago Josh McCurry looked like a future bell cow running back, but the injuries derailed that. And I'm interested to see how he looks, um, you know, kind of time removed from that. Maybe he's got some confidence back. But I also think there's uh, some reps to be had. With Chase Brown gone, this is going to be a committee. This is going to have to be, you know, four guys probably putting together. It'll probably be two or three getting most of the carries. But with injuries, you might need four guys, Joey, to, to really put this together. So I'm really interested to see Jordan Anderson and Aiden Lawfrey. A year into being here at Illinois, each gives Illinois something it needs. Anderson, a big bully of a back who's got some versatility in the passing game. And then Aiden Lawfrey uh, just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last, what, three years of his football career. But, boy, he's got speed and uh, could always use speed. So I'm, I'm uh, interested to watch those two guys. Not to rehash the that, but, like, they also moved Nick Fidanzo out of the room, which might mean something, might mean nothing, but that leaves two redshirt freshmen and a true freshman, Caden Fagan, as – as your three players who are either trying to be number three or number four, uh, which means they, they could be in line for some big snaps. So I think this is – I wish in the same way that we saw a lot of defensive backs late last year, I wish we would have seen Jordan Anderson. Like I, I truly wish against Northwestern they would have given him some snaps so we could have seen what he looks like in a game setting because he was beyond impressive at – uh, Joliet, Joliet, Joliet Catholic. Yeah, and, correct and, me. and to think the only reason he probably didn't, Joey, was because Chase Brown was going for the single season record for rushing. I mean, Chase Brown had no business being in that game except to break the record. And, hey, I wanted to see it. I wanted to write about that. He wanted that record, but there was no reason for him to be in that game. That's why Jordan Anderson probably didn't get those carries. Yeah, in the bowl game, I'm looking up. I don't remember how many carries Josh McCray had. I'm oh, thinking man. that was a predominantly a Reggie Love and like, performance. You're, you're in a bowl game against Mississippi State. Um, maybe that's not the ideal time to throw Jordan Anderson out there. Northwestern felt right, but you're right, dude. Like, the record was there. He He's the guy I'm – like, Aiden Lawfrey's – Aiden Lawfrey, to me, has the variance to jump to that third back because he's so different and he's so darn fast and he's got that home run potential. But Jordan Anderson feels like – the guy to me to be number three. I'm so eager to see what he looks like. And, and here we are glossing over Josh McCray, who by all accounts is like as healthy as he's been since <laughs> he arrived on campus. And this is going to be our chance to see a guy who like two years ago kind of feels like a long time ago when, when we saw him do that as a true freshman. But what's he look like back fully healthy? He's got this knee deal in the past. The running backs are like pretty sneaky interesting, and it's not just Anderson McCray, or I'm sorry, Anderson Lawfrey and Fagan. Yeah, if you guys want to weigh in on our live YouTube stream here, if you want to weigh in with any questions or comments, we'll get to those before we get out of here. But, Joey, the last 
three things I think I want to hit on are mostly depth, right? This is what we talked about. This is more like, all right, who are the who are the guys who could step up when you need them? Like Tower Strain late in the year, right? Like you needed that guy to perform late in the season. And with Isaiah Adams and Julian Pearl likely not getting a lot of time in this game, um, just to keep those two healthy, you know what they are. They're all Big Ten level performers, potential NFL players, two of your best players on the team. Zy Chrysler is out. We're going to get a really good look at O-line depth. And even if some of these guys are playing backups, I think it's an important test for Josh Krutz. I think it's an important test for for Josh Geske, Hunter Whitenack, right? Um, Zach, Zach Barlow. Yeah, like Joey Okla. Th- those are the guys that are probably next up. Now, I, I think Illinois will only try and play seven or eight offensive linemen if they, they stay healthy. But those are the kind of guys you need to be able to count on when they come into a game. And, you know, Jordan Slaughter is definitely certain one of those guys. I think we know what, what Jordan is, but can he take another step and, and solidify himself as a starter? Uh, this might be an important part of that. Yeah, I guess this is probably the right time for, like, the annual reminder that just because they're, like, the seconds in the world, the five they put out there doesn't necessarily mean if there's an injury to your starting five, somebody from that five is for sure moving up. Like, there's going to be eight guys, we think. Um, Maybe they would stretch to nine, like, in that top group, and then you'd shuffle, as most offensive linemen have done. We've seen Alex Pilstrom kind of find his way into this with that shuffle. Uh, but in the sake of this game, you're going to see Brandon Henderson. You're going to see all those guys that you mentioned. Uh, and Henderson's got a very high ceiling. Yeah. His time is not now because he's a true freshman offensive lineman in the Big Ten. Uh, but what does uh, – Hunter Whitenecks really interesting to me. He did not redshirt last year. Like, I have to circle that because that's so rare. intentional. <laughs> and it, it's rare in the sense that he was – like, he didn't redshirt primarily because of special teams. Um, it's, it's like that's the circle and like okay what's going on here the one practice we saw Jeremy he was in a walking boot so we have not gotten a good look at him now he was um, practicing the other day he was, he was. yeah he's, it seems like he's back with that full practice was not something that we saw him so where does he is it tackle is it guard is it both um, where, where does he line up and then what's that class of 21 they brought in a million freshmen or in 22 excuse me they brought in a million freshman offensive linemen in that class. Oakla, Leonard, Whiteneck, Mountis Moeller. Uh, what, what's it look like a year? And it's only a year, right? Like a year is not forever. Uh, but what do they look like a year into this development as you start to see the end of the college careers for Julian Pearl, uh, uh, Jordan Slaughter, Jordan Slaughter, Isaiah Adams? Like eventually you're going to have to get into that because there's not a lot of – you're starting to build that middle ground. There's still not a lot of middle ground in terms of class uh, alignment. Yeah, and, and let's bring it up. They've offered a couple transfer offensive linemen, which if you are a transfer offensive lineman, you're getting offered by everybody. So the two guys, I don't even want to break them down that much, Joey, because they've received offers from basically everybody in the country. Uh, so one if, guy may have – no, I was Oklahoma State. Guy could, like went in the portal and committed. KOBTN. BTN. Yeah, there, yeah, there were some other like FCS guys, group of five guys that have transferred. Uh, and, and Illinois offered them, but like they have offers from like, – Everybody, not literally, but almost everybody uh, that needs any kind of offensive line depth because that's how big of a need it is. Uh, Illinois also offered a Juco kid. So it's clear, Joey, they're not comfortable yet or confident in their offensive line depth or that they prioritize this so much. It is so important in their DNA that they're going to upgrade. 
They're, they're always going to upgrade this position. And this isn't a surprise. When you had Avery Jones coming in, uh, you lose him at the 11th hour to, to Auburn and, and a big NIL deal there, uh, which I know was did not sit well with this staff as he had his housing all set up for Illinois. But I, I agree with it because there's still questions here. Like, is Josh Kruitz a starting Big Ten center? Zy Chrysler, does he take a leap this year? Is Jordan Slaughter... You know, the quality of starter they want. Uh, Josh to, yeah, Josh Geske. You see the quality of starter they want? Like, they have a high high bar for what success is as a Big Ten offensive line, being a Joe Moore semifinalist last year. They want to be one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten and in the country, and uh, they're still looking to, to add to make sure they are that. Well, they're also doing what we thought they might do with running back and kind of recognizing one of their best selves, which is offensive line, and not – simply because of what they had done at Illinois, but Brett Bielma, Bart Miller, their history, they can maximize that. They've got pitches. They've got two guys next year who, I mean, I think you and I both believe Pearl and Adams will be drafted yep. next year. Adams may be fairly high up there um, in terms of Brown. So, like, yeah, we, we thought they might do that with running back early in the offseason, and it appears they're still kicking the tires on that in the offensive line. More guys are going to enter the portal, man. Like, yep. there's still, there's still portal entries sitting out there waiting to go, so – We'll see how aggressive they get, but you're right. Like, I don't remember it being like this that first window. It feels like the second window, and every coach is like, oh, my God, we don't have enough offensive linemen, and now they're throwing offers out at all the offensive linemen trying to trying to clean up maybe some some holes or misevaluations or just guys who aren't ready yet. Yeah. All right, we're going to stay in the trenches here. The front seven's pretty good. We know that. Uh, Brett Bielmo said the group of outside linebackers is the best maybe he's ever coached. And I agree with him, man. I think Seth Coleman doesn't get talked about enough for how good he was last year, one of the best edge rushers in the Big Ten. And and because he wasn't the shiny new toy that Gabe Backus was, I'm not saying you shouldn't be excited about Gabe Backus because in the spring scrimmage, oh boy, um, that we saw Gabe Backus was an animal. So was Seth Coleman. Alec Bryant looked pretty good too. Like I think Alec Bryant is a guy who, if he had to start, I'd feel good about. And that's what you're talking like depth. Ezekiel Holmes coming back from injury uh, in, in fall training camp. That's another guy that that there was a part of the rotation started a game last year. And then you got young guys like Jared Beatty and, and Trey Smith coming up. That boy, that's I think that group plays at any Big Ten school. Um, so I don't. I'm not worried about there. But D line, you got two of the best in the country, right? Johnny Newton is among the handful of best interior defensive linemen in the country arguably was that last year Keith Randolph really good I think he's got even another step he can take which is scary because he's already really good and then I think T-Rot Edwards proved himself as a solid nose tackle last year rotating with Calvin Avery which I'll say this Joe I got a text this morning that Calvin Avery could be in play in day three of the NFL okay. draft so he's going to be in a camp like Calvin Avery's got a chance to make an NFL roster um so he was really good at times dominant. Jay Lehman and I focused on that in our film rooms last year, but what if you have an injury? That's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing is Seth McConnell's gotten a lot of praise from this staff. They need that. They need somebody who can give Johnny Newton a series off and play well. Because Johnny Newton played, I think it was 150 more snaps than any defensive lineman in the Big Ten last year. I think we saw that towards the end of games. He was gassed. And, and I don't blame Johnny for that. Um, so they need somebody like that to step up. Bryce Barnes, kind of a solid guy. You know what you're getting out of him. Just a, a workhorse he, back there. 
Yeah, he won't play Thursdays. No, he won't play. But I'm, I'm saying like he's yeah, right, right. he's probably your backup to to Keith Randolph. Uh, I'm interested to see how D line develops here because. You know, Rasan Wilkins, we didn't see last year at nose tackle. They add Denzel Daxon. They tried to get Troy Carter, the Minnesota defensive line transfer who committed to Texas. So, I mean, Illinois got really fortunate with injuries up front last year. So, it still concerns me. Like, what if you don't have that luck this year and one of those guys gets hurt? What, what are you up front? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can just say up. You have to just say up front. I think on both sides, up front, offensive, defensive line, and I'm sure we'll get to this, Jeremy, at wide receiver. What what does that look like? But, yeah, this is – and, look, we've talked at length about the recruiting of defensive linemen at Illinois and, and how they've missed on some targets that they've prioritized. Uh, there's a pretty – a fairly substantial list. I don't know that it's like – Yeah, and this is more about 2001 only getting McConnell and 2022 Brian Allen leaving. Um, who's the other kid who went to Virginia, I believe. Can't even remember his but they had two guys who were power oh, five yeah. recruits that were like because you're not expecting Mason Moragan and you know Jeremiah, Jeremiah Warren, Warren and Alex, Alex Bray, Bray to to make an immediate impact. Like that's just not gonna happen usually on the offensive line and defensive line. But your misses back then, that's why you've had to go get Wilkins and Dax and some of these transfers and they're still in the market for a transfer defensive line. Yeah, so what's that all look like? Is I'm really excited to see Daxon because the, the new guy, we haven't seen him in an Illinois uh, jersey, transfer from Ohio. But you beyond just the risk of what if somebody's hurt, uh, just to your point, I, I think you've had this stat out there a few times, Jeremy. Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton played the most snaps of any Big Ten defensive lineman yeah. is that yeah let me, let, let me pull it up because it's 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 pretty ridiculous here but you don't want that it's <laughs> not I mean you don't want to take them out it, like when they're they're fresh but you want to be able to keep them I mean let's let's bring it up like Illinois struggled at the end of games last year late last year and Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph were amazing but defensive line that's a hard position to play every snap at full bore at the Big Ten level. It is. So that's why I think like the – I want to see with my eyes the development of said McConnell, but the praise is certain. And that's not just like spring ball praise, Jeremy. I know that goes back to winter workouts. And frankly, we saw him quite often at nose in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like I want to see that a little bit more. And then you, you probably need one of Rasan Wilkins or Denzel Daxon to step up and, and be somebody you feel like can be a rotation player. Can be T. Uh, ideally, ideally yeah. both, and, and you T. Radwards to be that nose, uh, it, it, because that opens up a lot for Johnny Newton and for Keith Randolph, and you know, in the same token, those two bring up and open up a lot for him. Yeah, um, yeah, and I expect I expect T. Rod to be pretty good. Like I, I thought, I liked what I saw out of him last year. I thought he played really, really well uh, when when he came into games, but. They, they just need some depth there, and uh, that's why they're, they're still looking in the transfer portal potentially for some more guys who can just give them some depth because is Evan Kurtz in his – is it fifth year? And now second year in the defensive line. Dylan Davis, they moved to defensive line. Like, I, I don't know if those guys are going to make a big impact. All right, let's move on to uh, one more before we get out of here, and we'll take some people's comments and questions. Thank you for su- submitting those on our live YouTube chat. Isaiah Williams, I looked it up yesterday, Joey. I'm, I'm working on a confidence rankings of the um, position groups here, and 
Isaiah Williams had 82 catches last year. A lot of those were the little shovel passes, so those are easy catches to accumulate. But 82 is the fourth most in single season in Illinois history. I think he's got a chance to hit 100 this year. Um, needs to stay healthy. I wouldn't play him in the spring game because he's so important to this team. But this is a really intriguing group of wide receivers because the talent is certainly getting better under George McDonald, but it's really young. Um, you have three starters back, which is nice. Casey Washington, love him. I love what he brings to the team. He's not a game breaker. He's not proven to be that yet. Great hands, physical, great blocker, but a reliable piece of what you're doing. Patrick Bryant's really important to this team to take another step. I think we saw flashes throughout the season, faded a little bit late. Um, but who's behind him? Who's behind these guys? Like Hank Beatty played last year, showed some good hands. Can he take a step forward? Um, we are so excited about Malik Elzey and even Colin Dixon. But those guys are young. They're, they're freshmen. I don't want to put huge expectations that Malik Elzey is going to be a 30, 40 catch guy right away. Can he, can he be that? Yeah, I, I'm really high on what he can do, and I think he's capable of making an immediate impact. Sean Miller, I thought, would be part of this rotation, but he's had injuries. Um, and we're probably not going to see him on Thursday. And Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins are probably another year away uh, in strength development, but they are long. They're athletic. So I'm really interested to see what that second group of guys does. Is anybody ready to emerge and take a rotation spot? Or will they be counting on Elsie or Dixon or early enrollee Canary Wilcher to make an immediate impact? They moved Miles Scott. What's it mean? Don't know. But he, he was a guy who's like... Why would they do that? Why would they do that? <laughs> well, he was firmly in the rotation last year yeah. in the sense of... I mean, he wasn't like this... Wasn't the Isaiah Williams part of it, but... We I think, saw him quite a bit. I think we can plug Hank Beatty as a as a backup, right? He's he's Isaiah Williams yeah. backup because he was last year, right? So I yeah. I think we can firmly put him in that second group. I'm fascinated to see who else gets there because I think Malik Elzey I would put in that group right now. I think Colin Dixon's got the chance to be in that group. Does Hollins, Pugh, Sean Miller, does one of those guys take that spot? Yeah, I, I wish we were seeing Sean Miller yeah. tomorrow because he's the guy we thought last year. Um, he had the collarbone injury in the spring. He rehabs that literally the practice before the spring game rehabs that. And he has an ACL injury in the first game. And that's his season. Uh, but we thought he could be a guy a year ago, Jeremy, given the state of where that room was. And uh, just, he's kind of a, he's a polished guy. He's a polished receiver, smart receiver. Uh, we thought he could be that. Can he find his way into that? Cause look, they need a fourth receiver, or I guess fifth or however you want to put it, a third outside guy. I mean, whatever I'm not worried about the slot with Hank Beatty and Canary Wilcher behind Isaiah Williams. I'm worried about who's your third and fourth, who are your third and fourth outside guys. Um, and, and I like, there's just not a lengthy list. Are Ashen, or, yeah, Ashen Hollins, Ian Pugh, they put on weight. They still look slight. Some of that's because they're very tall gentlemen, uh, but they still look fairly slight. Will they be ready? I'm eager to see them um, on, on Thursday, but someone's got to come up. Maybe two people have to come up and, and be on that outside area and, and i'm fascinated with who it's going to be I, I like sean miller i again wish we saw him I, I think he could be a guy in the fall you hear his name a little bit more but it's it's hard like naturally and i'm with you you hate to put like expectations on a freshman because they're freshmen and they're in the big 10 and it's you can make an impact at wide receiver there for sure yeah but like the other part of me is like this is like a four-star who a lot of people really really wanted who has the body and the makeup to go out there to yeah. And be a rotation guy, not necessarily the highest impact guy. Yeah, like he he looks like a guy who could walk in and be part of the rotation early on yeah. in his career. 
Listen, I think the guy that, that would get the reps behind Patrick Bryan and Casey Washington at this moment is Malik Elsey. Like, I really do. Um, I just – I don't want to set Regis Ben expectations. No. no, no. <laughs> right? Um, but I do think he could be a, a contributor right away, and I think that's part of why he's coming to Illinois is is to be a contributor right away and be be a focal point moving forward. So I, I'm really excited about the long term, but just that, that second group, I'm really interested to see – uh, how that how all that hashes out, uh, Joe. Before we get to the questions from anybody, anybody, just give me a couple of names that you might be interested that we didn't name here. Yeah. I'll throw out Griffin Moore. I'm yeah, really, I think tight ends really interesting. Um, you got the news out of Brett Beamer the other day. Navion Cargill is no longer part of the team. He was probably a fourth stringer here anyway. But they they need some tight end help. Luke Ford didn't turn into what people wanted him to be, but he was still a guy who got a lot of reps. Is a good blocker. Um, Michael Marquez was good last year, man. And I think Griffin Moore can take that role. We'll get a look at Tanner Arkin, Henry Boyer, some of those guys. Um, so so Griffin Moore, though, um, fifth-year guy, can can he take that Marquez role? I think he might be capable. Yeah, there are a couple tight ends I'm I'm eager to see. And, and some of them, like, I know they like Ben Schultz, what he's done since going over there. And, oh, that's uh, a deep cut. Love it. It is. But, hey, Marquez, I mean, I, I, that seems to be kind of the parallel to draw that. Look. And I say that not in the sense of expect Ben Schultz to be Michael Marquez, but see what he looks like yeah. uh, with that world's portion there. Um, and another position move I'm really interested by is Miles Scott. I, I just think there's been enough kind of murmurings there. I don't think it's fake. I don't I mean, think he starts. Aaron Henry just stopped the press conference basically and said, Miles Scott, Miles Scott. Like, I didn't look at all. Like Aaron Henry does a really good job of holding court. And he kind of looked at all of us. Like, I want to make sure nobody was zoning out. That Aaron Henry is very high on every single guy in his room. Yeah. So it's really hard to to fully go in on who that. Is, but who, like, is I think high, who is higher on his entire room more? Aaron Henry Aaron or Andy, Andy Boo? Boo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Henry, at least publicly, because I think he enjoys talking yeah. with cameras more. Uh, so I think you hear it a little bit more with Aaron Henry. But, like, what's that look like, man? Like, we're, we're to the point that we've talked about depth. So, like, you're going to see some of these guys. Will that position move? Will it mean – I'm just curious what, what it means to see him. Uh, I'm trying to think of names. We have – like, offensive line, I think we covered. The linebackers, Dylan Rosiak, Kanena Odaluga. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's see what James Crutes looks like. What JoJo Hayden – I bet James Kurtz looks aggressive. I bet, like, if you had to pick one of, like, the the worlds or the twos in the worlds who are going to, like, put a hit, they're like, oh, dang. Can like, we, he and TJ Griffin would be on my list. Can we get a Kurtz brother scrum? Can we... Oh, man. How, how juicy would that be? Do you think that maybe they just stop it and have, like, a Big Ten put, like, Oklahoma drills on those two? <laughs> That's right. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just bring the that, ring out. That'd be... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think like there's some very, very deep cuts that I'm interested in. Griffin Moore is a great call. Like I, I think someone's got to be the second tight end on this team. Yeah. All right. And uh, Andy was the first one to weigh in with a, a question, and I love it. He said, "Is it bad that I'm most excited about seeing the kicker and punter competitions?" Yeah. So after the first quarter and third quarter, they'll have the kicking competition, which in this wind is going to be fantastic. Like you'll see the score go up twelve or nine points or whatever based on how many field goals they make. Listen, Caleb Griffin and David Alano, and we both saw him, Joey. We're pretty good in wind, rain. Uh, when I do my uh, position rankings here in confidence level, kicker is going to rank pretty high here. I think they got two guys I feel pretty good about. And and Fabrizio Pantone only made seven field goals last year. I know they were shorter, but at least he made them all. 
Yeah, he's only going to be the trivia for how Illinois beat Iowa in 2022. Um, Dude, I'm really excited to see David Alano. Like, I think he's come in. I don't know that Caleb Griffin's in danger of losing the starting kicker job, but I think he's come in and made a pretty fair impression early on. And I'm excited to see that. We saw in the the not very fun practice that was open, like those two were booming 50-plus yarders and horrific wind, and, and the rain had started to come down. So I'm eager to see that. And, you know, then the punter, Hugh Robertson, we we talked with him, Jeremy, the other day, and he was pretty open. He's like, he didn't hide it. Like, he's 30 years old, man. He's not really in the business of hiding that. He said, there's times I wasn't very good, and I had to adjust to that. And and after the Indiana game was hard. And, like, he's 30, but he's also a first-time starter. So what does he look like uh, second year? New coordinator, I don't know if that'll matter, if it won't matter. Uh, obviously Declan Dooley, but Pintone would also probably fall into the punter mm-hmm. category here. So no, it's not bad at all. I think that's a a fun thing. I do wish like they did, like they do the kicking, the field goal competitions, like a corner or like a, some sort of punting competition. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, punting costs you. It wasn't the only oh, thing yeah. that cost you in those losses, but some of those losses, punting was a huge issue. I do want to say Hugh Robertson looked really good late in the season. Uh, Mississippi State bowl game, like he was awesome. Uh, the Northwestern game, bad conditions. He was great, but just the consider, you can't have shanks. Like you can have a thirty-five year old, uh, thirty-five yard. <laughs> I'm thinking thirty year old. Um, you can have a thirty yard punt that just didn't get enough hang time, but you can't have these eleven yard kicks or hit your guy oh, in the butt. Yeah, like those are killers, man. Like that, that's high school stuff. You can't, you can't have those at the Big Ten level. So, yeah, I mean, he's got something to prove, but he did end the season uh, pretty well. So I do want he, to mention that. He was also pretty good in the Iowa game. Like, I, I don't yeah. think this was one of those where he stunk all season until the end. He, right. he was he had moments, but consistency is the best word with him. And he did not get replaced, which tells you what they thought of the guys behind him. But you brought in Declan Dooley as a scholarship guy to compete. He's just a freshman, um, so we'll see what he can do. But uh, he's going to probably be the guy. But he's just got to be more consistent. Mark, I want to see the ability to get a first down in a game situation, improved red zone production. I think Barry Lundy's with you. Even marginally better performance in those two situations would have probably meant two more wins. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the red zone, uh, what they can do there, the tight ends, the wideouts. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, like Chase Brown's weakness was he's not great as a power runner. Like, if you look at Dane Brugger's great NFL draft guy, which I printed out, Joey. I printed out the entire beast. It is 30 pages wow. or 300 pages of great draft information. I'm a draft nerd. You. And I just hate going back you, to the PDF. and you get a binder? I did. My wife's got oh. – all right, so you're a big Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. Yeah. Amy Santiago, that's basically my wife. She got the three-hole punch? Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. She loves binders. She loves all that stuff. So, oh, I, so this was a nice little Werner family project to get the beast all well, binded I told, up. Well, I told her I stole one of her binders, and she uh, was not too happy about that. But when she saw it was like a uh, a draft thing, thing, she's like, yeah, that's where you nerd out, so I'll allow it. Yeah. So you I got to buy her a new binder. And replace that, yeah. But uh, Chase Brown, the point is, Chase Brown, not a great power runner, but they went to him in the red zone. I thought they could have used him more as a decoy. We've talked all about this. And I think Barry Loney, that's a, that's a big next step. Offensive line wasn't great in the red zone either. Um, there wasn't like one, you know, magic bullet there. I think there was just a lot of struggles that cost Illinois 
Um, but yeah, they got to be better in the red zone. It tends to get to Mark's point. They got to they gotta execute better, whether it's play calling or just players executing the plays. Yeah, and, and does that help with uh, Josh McCray healthy, who's a large individual, a Jordan Anderson maybe ready to contribute? Running I the quarterback more? Running the quarterback more. And look, Barry Lunny, like when we talked to him before spring ball, like that came up. That was an emphasis of theirs. There was an emphasis in the middle of the year. They have to be better there. Uh, you, you look back, like to Mark's point, you look at the Indiana game, they had any number of chances on the goal line and botched them, and they lost by three. And settle, settling for field goals and many other losses. Right? Yeah, so you got to clean that up there. And I, I've said this before. I wonder, I don't know. I've been actually also trying to figure out the best way to ask Barry Lunny this without sounding like, you know, you, you got to figure out to get the right answer or a good answer. You got to figure out how to ask something without being combative. But like, did you fall into, oh my God, I got a Doak Walker. Like, you got to get it to the Doak Walker. You got to get it to the Doak Walker. You got to get it to him. And like, did that? Did he fall into? I don't know. Uh, I think that might be a little bit unfair to assume, but I, there's like a human nature element that I wonder if that was not in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to get cooked if I don't get it to Chase. Just in the sense of like, this is my shoot. best guy. Like, why? Why would I overthink? Like, why would I overthink it? Just give it to Chase Brown, my best player. But you know who was their best player in the red zone was actually Isaiah Williams, right? Because whether it was in space or Isaiah showed power, you know, in some of those jet sweeps, like I thought he could have gotten the ball more. It's easy to say in hindsight because most of us say, you get into the goal line, give it to your best player. But the other team knows that too. Yeah. I, but yeah, to Mark's point, I'm eager to see that. I, there's not going to be like a red zone portion of this game. Like they're going to play this straight up like a game. Um, like I guess in the sense of like, we're going to run 10 plays from the red zone, but there's going to be red zone chances. So, What's it look like? All right. Um, Mr. Carmody with – sounds like a social studies teacher. With the three scholarships oh, sure. remaining that could go to transfers, where would you rank them from most important to least important with O-line, D-line, DB, or wide receiver? Uh, look wide receiver and DB. Yeah, I broke this down. I did a piece earlier this week if you want to go check that out more in depth. O-line is number one for me, and it's clearly number one for Illinois. D-line would be number two. Uh, because I, if you can get a multi-year guy, man, that's gold, Joey. Because um, if you can contribute now and then be maybe an anchor with T-Rod next year and maybe Seth McConnell, I don't know. Like, I think that would be important. I don't think I have DB on that list. They've addressed that with Caleb Patterson and Nicario Harper. They have guys. Like, I don't think they need depth there. Like, if you can find a stud, sure, I would go get that guy. Same thing I would do with running back. If I can get a proven stud, I go get him. I'm not just getting a running back for depth. Wide receiver would be my third one. Um, because as we talked about, last year they had a Jonah Morris and Cody Case late here. They didn't play a big role or anything. But I feel like they could use some experience depth. As we talked about, like Malik Ellsley I think is going to be a player. I think Hank, Hank Beatty is going to play. I think Colin Dixon is going to have a chance. Maybe Sean Miller is that guy. But you're, you're counting on, like, what if you have an injury to Pat Bryan or Casey Washington or Isaiah Williams? It gets pretty thin there. It gets pretty unproven there. Yeah, I would flip wide receiver and DB and then replace DB with tight end. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. O-line's one, and we've seen that play out in how they've approached this first phase of the new window here. And I think the tight end would be a long guy. Long-term play. Well, and I mean just tall. like lanky. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I think you need a tall. I, I think Henry Boyer is going to maybe go into that Luke Ford type role, but Tanner Arkin's 6'3". Griffin Moore's 6'3". Tip Ryman's the tallest, 6'4", 6'5". Um, Henry Boyer's 6'6", so I think he can be that guy, but tight end is a position I would consider. I think it's probably more of somebody who can be impactful in the passing game. 
you know, I think you've got a, a, a group of blockers of people you feel comfortable blocking. I think if you go out, if you add to that, it'd probably be someone who can be a little more impactful than a pass catcher. Mr. Carmody, what do we need to see from the quarterback room Thursday? Have confidence that room is continuing to take steps forward after losing QB1, QB2, and I would add QB3 uh, from last year. It's decision-making. That's what that's what it comes down. I think I think Donovan Leary has a solid overall skill set. I think Luke Altmaier is a very good overall skill set. It's about decision-making because they're young. They're, they're untested. And that's why he brought John Paddock in. I think that was a brilliant move to be able to get him as a grad transfer, even if he's QB3. Joey, just to have somebody with experience that can help these guys, these other guys. But also, if you have to put him in a game, it's not new to him, even if it is the Big Ten level and not the MAC level. But to have a proven Division One starter, I think, is huge. Um, so I think they've done a good job. But these guys are going to have some growing pains, the, the top two other guys, Donovan Leary and, and Luke Altmaier. It's just got to continue to get better and make good decisions. Yeah, I don't know that anything's going to – like, I think if they come out and throw a bunch of picks, you'd, you'd be concerned. But I don't know that you would see anything out of Altmaier against the twos in the world that you would feel a lot of confidence in this particular game. Yeah. I just don't throw picks. Just make good decisions, as you said. Be smart with the ball. The rest of it is experience, and that'll come in September. A few more quick ones. Brad, starting to worry about the class of 2024, only having one recruit while Minnesota has 10. Uh, yeah, it's time of year you start doing that. You start worrying, and then it usually ends up pretty good by June. Um, June official visits are the key for Illinois. They got a lot of guys that are coming in. Got a lot of guys coming in on unofficial visits. Uh, listen, I think Illinois is going to sign a pretty decent class. Um, I, I know some people disagree with this, Joey, but they're not going to stack up with Michigan. They're not going to stack up with Ohio State. They're going to be – you get a couple four-stars, you evaluate well, you develop well, and you can compete in the Big Ten. And Brett Bielma has shown that. Uh, I think they're going to land guys. I'm not concerned about the number right now. You would like more guys, and Illinois is trying to get them, guys. They're, they're trying to push and get some commitments here. They'd love to get it on board. just hasn't happened quite yet, but they will have plenty of commitments by June, like in June. like That is going to happen with these official visits. That's what most kids are deciding. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And look, I get it. Like you're looking out the window, and everyone yeah. else in the Big Ten is getting a bunch of commits. And Wisconsin's you're starting to get promo. Yeah. Yeah, so I, my, I guess my question is, how many? Like, I don't think that first year where they had like eight commits or whatever on that first weekend is probably that, that to me might be maybe is the outlier. Uh, so, how many do you ideally want going into OV weekends? You can start stacking commits on top of recruits. I think if you can get to th- you know three or four or whatever overall heading into June, that'd be ideal, and then. You know, the the weekends they're setting up, it's not all the first weekend. Like, they've gone heavy the first weekend. Some of their top targets are coming in the last weekend. Uh, so maybe they want to close them down then. But uh, So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. They usually do like an in-state week. They usually do like a Florida week. Um, so how that all plays out will be very interesting. But, yeah, by the end of June, you'd like to have like 10. Like, I, I would like to have at least 10 commits by then. So I have the most of my class. It's going to be a class probably 20 or under, Joey, again, uh, and then by the end of July, you'd like to have maybe 13, 14, and then you have a handful of scholarships to give out, um, you know, to late developers, guys you can flip, things like that that they did last year. So, you know, if, if by the end of June, Illinois has got three or four commitments, yeah, then I start to worry. Yeah, and I think you want three or four probably going into June. Yeah. And the classes are probably going to stack up. You're going to get a handful of those top 20 kids. You're probably going to get a handful of guys who have very few, if any other power five, like, this the classes have been pretty consistent in terms of how they're made up uh, throughout now you're just seeing them climb the rungs of the ladder in terms of in-state rankings 
Lyle asks, will there be any goal line offense? Uh, yeah, I would imagine at some point they get in a goal line situation. And sometimes Brett Bielma does, you know, do Manipulate. situations, manipulates the, the game, uh, does situations where the score really doesn't matter whatsoever. Uh, so, yes, they will definitely do that. It's a practice. They they practice situations. It is very important situational football and his football 101 uh, ideal here for, for Brett Bielma. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, Joey. An hour of Illini football talk heading into spring. Hopefully we get this game in. That's the thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, it, there should be some recruits that you'd like to, you know, if you're Illinois, you're probably hoping it's not driving rain. I did. Aside from that, I wanted to ask you, is there any part of Brett Bielma who's hoping that this rain is so bad that no one can get a read on the quarterbacks until September? No. Because I think most of the coaches are just going to look at Luke Altmaier film heading into the year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be honest. I think think that's just the logical thing to do, but yeah, they'll take a look at uh, Don Valeria as well. And and the only team that's, you know, really too concerned about it probably at this point, right? Like I know some of them do advanced scouts, but yeah, it's Toledo. Uh, and Kansas, then, maybe. Yeah, and then the other schools, yeah, Kansas will get a look at the spring game, but you know, they might take a look at it, but they're not diving into it too much before the season. All right, that'll do. Uh, thank you, Joey Wagner, for, for hopping on here and giving us some insight. Thank you to all our live YouTube listeners for watching this, weighing in. We appreciate all the questions. Give us a like on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. You can get notified whenever we do these live streams and whenever we upload videos. And thank you to everyone for listening on the podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. And last chance, just a few hours left to get the 50% off deal on an annual VIP membership. Get to, uh, all that Alana Inquirer has to offer on the VIP side of things. So for Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Alana Inquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.